0: Support for Innovation Hub comes from Cambridge Savings Bank. Introducing the CSB1 package, a checking account combined with investing through Connect Invest to help you build a better tomorrow. Cambridgesavings.com slash CSB1 Support for Innovation Hub comes from Cambridge Savings Bank. Introducing the CSB1 package, a checking account combined with investing through Connect Invest to help you build a better tomorrow. Cambridgesavings.com slash CSB1 Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. We've all had job interviews that didn't go too well. There's no jobs for manager. It's just for counter. Good. I'm looking for the least possible amount
1: of responsibility.
0: Do you have any special skills? Oh,
1: yes. I do. I, I do voices.
0: What do you mean, you do voices? Well, I do voices. Yeah. We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. I want you in the worst way. Well, this is certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. That was Kevin Spacey in American Beauty and Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire, both on the hunt for jobs. And research shows that that nightmare interview that still kind of haunts you may not have been something you really had to suffer through.
1: And that, that tends to be particularly so when interviews are what we could call unstructured and psychological. So by that, I mean that the, interview can, the interviewer can structure the interview more or less however they want and just, you know, try to figure the person out or get a read on them or their personality.
0: Jason Dana is an assistant professor of management and marketing at Yale University's School of Management. He says that an interview is not a good indicator of how you're going to do on the job. He writes about this in a New York Times piece called The Utter Uselessness of Job Interviews. And in fact, the sorts of interviews that are probably the most common, the sort that help an employer get, you know, a feel for this new person they're potentially bringing on board, those are the least helpful. So why do we still do interviews if they don't really get us anywhere?
1: Well, you know, one of the two things we identified, the two phenomena we identified in our research is sense making, And this is the tendency to... to Turn virtually anything you hear into a coherent narrative to feel confidently that you've gotten to know the person.
0: In research with Nathaniel Peterson from Carnegie Mellon University and the late Robin Dawes, also from Carnegie Mellon, Dana asked students to interview other students and predict their GPA. Just like a job interview, the goal was to predict future performance by getting a sense of this person's character. Were they hardworking? Were they committed? Were they smart? except that some of the interviewees were directed to be honest and others were directed to give completely random answers that had nothing to do with the truth.
1: And in these random interviews, people rated the extent to which they got to know a person and the amount of useful information they got uh, from the interview to be just as high or higher as they did when they did actually accurate interviews.
0: Not surprisingly, the interviewees who were directed to give random answers were nervous. And some asked Jason Dana, what do I do if it suddenly occurs to the interviewer, I'm just telling them fake
1: things? I said, well, no one's going to figure it. So that's not going to happen. Right. And, and you know, we've <laughs> never had an interview just stop and say, oh, this is random.
0: It makes you realize, and I asked Dana about this, that we literally don't know when we're being told the truth. And I guess we're also pretty bad at zeroing in on people who are lying.
1: Well, I wouldn't say lying. I would say it's more a question of making sense, of of making a story out of something that happens. I mean, I led off the the article that you were mentioning about the the New York Times piece uh, with an anecdote about my friend who showed up for a job interview. It was a – she showed up – she walked into the reception area five minutes before the interview, and she was hustled right in. And it was a panel interview that went pretty well. And at the end of it, they offered her the job. Hmm. And then in the post-mortem discussion, someone said, wow, I, I just can't believe you were that cool walking in here 25 minutes late. And her heart stopped, right? As it turned out, she had been told the wrong time hmm. by a half an hour. Hmm. So she thought it, it wasn't supposed to start yet. And she was actually 25 minutes late. Uh, it's, it's funny, you know, they, they interpreted that as being cool under fire, uh, you could have also interpreted that as being flippant, right. not just not caring about being late. But in either event, I don't think either of those was a characteristic of my friend. <laughs> it, the, the, the situation was that, that they just, you know, she didn't even know she was late. And there was just a misunderstanding and people made a story out of it. And what's really weird is, of course, the story has nothing to do with the job. The job was something social work related or something. So there hmm. really no need to be cool under fire.
0: You're listening to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller, and I'm talking with Jason Dana, a professor at Yale School of Management whose work casts doubt on whether job interviews are in fact helpful. Um, So research in general shows that people tend to be attracted to, and I don't mean romantically attracted, but um, they tend to like people who are like them. And that might be the same gender, it might be the same race, it might just be that they share sort of the same sort of background. And I wonder if, in interviews, you see that same sort of thing reflected, so uh, people are choosing people who are in fact you know, kind of like them
1: yeah that 's quite possible it 's difficult to make sweeping general statements about you know all kinds of interviews across all kinds of fields but But what we know is that people are choosing on the basis of something. And it's not always something that correlates with job performance or job success. So that's troubling, right? Because it opens the door for mm-hmm. these personal biases or for just injustice, right? You shouldn't be right. excluded from a career uh, based on a criterion, which is the, in this case, you know, the the impression someone has after an interview If it, if it doesn't have anything to do with job performance.
0: We talked about the um, experiment with trying to predict people's GPAs. Um, is there another experiment either that you've done or that just exists in the literature about job interviews that particularly has struck you out, uh, you know, and, and sort of stayed with you, uh, as you as you think about the importance of uh, doing interviews for jobs?
1: Well, one of the difficult things is that... Um, you very rarely encounter full-on experiments with hiring. Yeah, so uh, unless you're a very large organization that hires a lot of people and is forward-thinking enough to experiment, uh, how many how many times do you hire someone that you intended not to hire, mm-hmm. right? So that you can really learn whether people that you didn't like uh, are worse right. than people you did like right. now. Sometimes it does we, – we do have a couple of rare instances where that, something like that happens by accident. So uh, there was a medical paper about the University of Texas at Houston's uh, medical school uh, where, where they made their admissions decisions, which, which were largely based on interviews once people made a certain cut point with their MCATs and all that sort of thing. And then uh, the state legislature, I guess, passed some act that said, you have to take 50 more people from in-state. And this happened late in the season. So they had to scramble and find 50 Mm. initially rejected applicants Mm -hmm. who weren't accepted somewhere else and agreed to go somewhere else. And now you have a kind of a natural experiment. You have a cohort of people you meant to accept and 50 who you really thought you were rejecting and you intended to reject, but then you got them. Right. (laughs) And then you see... You know, are there any differences? And it turns out here that no matter what you looked at, grades, uh, awards, even ratings in clinical, which are about people skills, right? Mm -hmm. It's dealing with patients, dealing with supervisors, dealing with a team. There were no differences between the initially accepted students and the initially rejected. Hmm. Just nothing.
0: Um, You must encounter people. I mean, you just told me about an example of a school. But you must encounter people all the time who say to you, well, okay, so the research may show that job interviews aren't that helpful, but I am really good at, um, you know, getting a sense of a person's personality and would they fit in, you know, at, at this school or at this workplace or whatever. And and what do you – I mean, I don't know if you hear that, but, like, what do you think when you hear that?
1: All the time, all the time. I, I got, you know, several emails after this article uh, people saying, well, the problem is not that interviews are generally bad, but that it's just the interviewers, right? You know, that, they're, that interviews are valuable mm-hmm. when you do them correctly and, mm-hmm. and if a good interviewer will get you better results. And, of course, everyone who's emailing me is a good interviewer. But <laughs> these good interviewers seem to elude any empirical, right? Like when when you do studies, they're they're hard to find. They're elusive. Uh, And I think this is an illusion. I mean, I don't know where people Mm. come off thinking that they're good interviewers because you usually don't get the right information to know that. Mm. As we discussed earlier, without a proper experiment, you rarely know how good the people you didn't hire would have been. Mm.
0: So are there companies or uh, sectors of the economy that have figured this out to some degree, that have looked at the research and said – it actually doesn't really make sense to interview people. And sometimes we hurt ourselves by interviewing people. Um, we could do things better.
1: Yeah, and you know, this is gonna vary a lot across sectors. I guess in in some fields that I would call more technical, maybe coding like computer software or engineering, you might just do more of a skills assessment, you know. What what does this person know? What things have they worked on before? What are the projects they've done? And lean more heavily on that than a psychological conversation. Uh, something that that some fields are using more now is like a skills assessment mm-hmm. rather than a than an unstructured interview. So having you basically perform job duties in front of me. Right? So my my brother was in claims and insurance, mm-hmm. and his favorite interview quote unquote was a actually a homework assignment where they gave him. Uh, a sanitized claim form and said, here, process this claim, right? Mm. Show us what you do.
0: (laughs) So like instead of just have a random conversation with us, which is not what your job is going to be about, do the actual thing that you're going to be doing from day to day. Do that for us.
1: Exactly. Okay. Now, you know, the higher up you go or in some fields, this is very difficult. Like a common objection I hear is, well, I I don't know, a manager in field X, like, There's no work product to look at. I Mm -hmm. I can't have you manage during the interview. How do I assess that? Mm -hmm. I I would say, though, in in principle, in theory, the goal is the same here. There there should be some idea of exactly what the skills are or Mm -hmm. what kind of person you need to be to succeed in the job. Now, that that idea might be a little too inchoate in some places, but the idea is the same, right? You, You have to think through exactly what skills are necessary or essential to the job's performance. And use the interview in a laser-focused way mm-hmm. to assess those skills, mm-hmm. right? to try to measure those skills. And too often, interviews are veering off into stuff that, if you really thought about it, is almost irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. It's not essential mm-hmm. features that you need for the job.
0: Why do you think it has stuck around so long as a tradition, this idea of interviewing, if you know, we know that data can be applied much more effectively to things than it is being applied?
1: Well, it's a threatening idea to think that we just can't really predict, we can't really understand people as well as we think we can. And, and and there's just a sort of a seductive feeling of understanding that goes with the holistic impressions, like just that feeling, that impression of having gotten to know someone is very powerful and very seductive. It's hard not to listen to. It's a siren song.
0: Hmm. Jason Dana is an assistant professor of management at Marketing at Yale's School of Management. Jason, thank you so much for your time.
1: Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: We've got a link to Jason Dana's article in the New York Times called The Utter Uselessness of Job Interviews. That's at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash innovation hub radio. Support for Innovation Hub comes from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, working to unleash the immune system's power to fight cancer and help develop promising new therapies. Videos, white papers, and patient stories are available at discovercarebelieve.org.